0: Amen. I think this is the first time I've spoken in the new building. I was talking with Jennifer and it's been a while. But uh, I I was thinking how it, it is good like what Chris said. There, There is such a consistency in the body and uh, how everything is about Jesus. And Jennifer asked me on the way home because she taught the little ones today. What did pastor teach on? Well, he teach about Jesus. Just joking around with her. But I gave her the basic overview of the message. But that's the theme. There's nothing else to speak here other than Jesus. Amen. We uh, we we're, were watching. Uh, I know Carrie's seen this guy. His name's Peter Santinella. I think he's the one that did the Titus. But uh, he does. The, he has a YouTube channel and he does kind of these series where he goes all over the place and interviews different types of people. And uh, he's done a series on Mormons. Uh, they like to be called LDS now. I didn't know that until some young ladies came to my house the other day and they said, "Oh, we don't really go by that anymore. It's LDS." But I, there were some things that I didn't know about Mormons uh, that they have a lot of uh, things that we've been speaking about is tearing down all these walls and man worship and all these regulations and Mishnah's that that people that men put upon people. And I didn't know they they wear these sacred undergarments that represents an outward something of their inward faith, whatever it is but they also they don't they don't shave they they uh, believe that you have to be baptized into the faith and they have a president and or apostle type priest that they have as a leader and they've kind of gone away from the original views but i thought how that's interesting how most other religions they have a a physical man leader that you know is gathering all the information to disperse among the church and I'm just glad that we're all like-minded in one body, one faith, one spirit in Jesus Christ. Amen. And there's not going to be any surprises. Nobody's going to jump up here and grab the microphone and, and uh, just uh, go bonkers. But I am up here, so you never know. <laughs> no, I, I like what Isaac said last week about how, uh, you know, you're, you've been, uh, what was it? You're the guy on second base, but you want to play first base or center field or whatever. And I'm always like, anything but speaking, Lord. No, you're speaking. Only Rodney wants me to speak. No, the Lord wants you to speak. Because it was the same way I was at our old church. No matter where I was, what I did, everybody, you know, eventually you're going to be up up there speaking. So you might as well just deal with it. But uh, that message that Rodney preached about uh, justice, mercy, and humility is is something that's just been impressed upon my heart lately. And I want to talk about that. Compassion, mercy, and grace tonight. Lord, I just just want you to speak through your servant tonight, Jesus, that you would be glorified no matter what happens, what the circumstance, Lord, that you would just continue to grow us in your word and your truth, your spirit abide in us, Lord God, that you would be magnified on high always and forever, Jesus, and we give you the glory. Amen. Um, I, I watched this uh, channel. It's called Police Activity, and they and they show all types of different situations, all types of arrests and mass shootings that happen. And uh, all of you know about the the Nashville, Tennessee shooter that that went into the school and killed a bunch of kids. Well, uh, I was watching the video of uh, when, when law enforcement engaged a shooter. And it starts out It starts out basically where they drive up, they have no idea where the shooter is, all the alarms are going off, the doors are locked. Uh, you know, they, they go through this, this whole scene where they're, uh, they're clearing all the rooms, they're trying to figure out where the shooter is, they have no idea what's going on. And you can hear the gunfire in the background and you know that those shots are actually killing people so it's kind of emotional watching that i i can't put myself in that situation and they clear the room and they're like upstairs upstairs they run upstairs they're going down the hallway and uh you hear the first officer reloading and he he basically double taps the shooter and the second officer that's engaging uh basically finish her, finishes her off and uh the first time i was watching the video i got to the end and I'm sitting there crying, and I'm like, why am I crying? Why, why am, I had this flood of emotions going through me, and uh, I, I, I was actually crying just for the whole situation. Just not, just not the people that lost their lives, but Rodney said this a little while ago that if there's still life, there's hope. And this person, a tragedy who obviously had demonic influence in their life and the manifesto that came out about them, just all kinds of crazy stuff. But I think about all the opportunities that maybe different types of people had in their, in that person's life to say no, or say you need help or you need change something. And there was no more hope for this person. There was no more life. And I, I tried if I was in that situation, if I'm the cop, I, of course I'm going to engage. I'm going I'm to take the threat out every single time, no matter what. That person's killing people. They need to be taken out. But it, it was just that, that feeling that, that came over me that that's not, that's not me. That's not the flesh because my flesh would say destroy, evil, wickedness, and game over. No question. So I, I was thinking that had to be from the Lord because why, why am I crying over this lost Terrible person that was just just a tragedy, and that's that's where it hit me is is mercy in our eyes is different than mercy in god 's eyes in compassion and justice and humility and I said that scripture last week when I gave my testimony about always considering others above yourselves not not just those in the body but everybody I want to walk humbly i don't want to i don't want to have these things that I consider. Okay, I'm holier than you or I'm better than you because I believe this or I don't do this or I don't do that. I just want to make sure that I'm always having that compassion that is from the Lord, because if I say his spirit's in me, then that's going to be a gift that he gives me. Amen. So I was I was thinking about something in the Old Testament. I want to look at a different couple uh, examples of mercy The first one is going to be in uh, Numbers chapter 25, and it's going to be the zeal of Phinehas. He's a priest. He's a son of Aaron. So in Numbers 25, I'm going to be reading from 3 through 8, starting at verse 3. And Israel joined himself unto Baal-peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, take all the heads of the people and hang them up. Before the Lord against the Son, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one his men that were joined unto Baal Peor. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses. This guy's pretty tone deaf, right? Walking in there with a Midianite woman. In the sight of Moses, and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle and the congregation. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel if you didn't know, there was a plague going going against the children of Israel, and like 24,000 of them died. And the zeal of Phineas, wanting purity and and wanting the Lord's tabernacle not to be tainted with uh, what the Lord said not to do, he showed mercy through blood, shed blood, provided mercy, and staved off the Lord's anger and wrath. And the Lord said, now I'm going to have a covenant of peace with Phineas because of what he did. And I, I kind of wanted to take the angle of where we have this Old Testament mercy, and where we're going to have the mercy that Christ brings. But uh, another example is coming from the book of Jonah, and this is just going to be right at the last chapter, Jonah chapter four, verse ten through eleven. And we know Jonah was going to preach to the city of Nineveh that he would be used of the Lord, that he would speak a word, and and I. It doesn't specifically say it, but it's basically interjected in there that Jonah didn't have the right mindset going into this mission. He, had the, he really didn't want to be there, and he's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go. And he's going through all this. He goes and preaches to Nineveh, and the city of Nineveh does something that he didn't expect. They all repent. They change their ways, and they basically beg the Lord for forgiveness, And Jonah sees that the Lord is going to show mercy because of repentance. The Lord changes his heart against the city of Nineveh. But Jonah wanted to see fire from heaven. He wanted wrath. He wanted destruction. He wanted evil smoke. No forgiveness. And he was supposed to be a a priest of the Lord and have compassion and mercy and grace. But he didn't have that because it was from the flesh. It was just a, a fleshly walk that he was doing. And in verse 10, it says, then said the Lord, thou hast had pity on the plant for which thou hast not labored. Neither made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not spare Nineveh, the great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right and their left hand and also many livestock? And this kind of hits me because of the of such a divide of our nation right now, politically religion everything that's going on in the world there there's so much turmoil and so much division that if i allow myself to get caught up in a lot of the issues it can really flood my heart with with anger and and a lack of compassion for the other side which would eventually make it to where somebody is subhuman it it allows me to not not allow any any forgiveness not allow any any grace there and this this is this is where jonah's at you know he kind of i kind of picture picture him as you know that shelter that Nacho libre made in the movie he sits down and he's kind of kind of makeshift shelter over and he's looking at at nineveh and he's maybe maybe hoping that the lord will change his mind and he'll just burn him off the face of the earth and then the lord provides him with this plant of shade and and then the lord as he falls asleep he he creates this wind and, and the plants wiped out. And Jonah has more emotion for the plant than he did for that entire city. Thousands and thousands of people. He's more angry that the plant's gone than the fact that these people have been saved. There should be such joy and and, and worship and praise right now. And he should be shouting and and praising the Lord and magnifying the Lord with them. But instead, he'd rather see them dead. And that's that's not true grace. That's not true compassion. And that, that just kind of really hit me because I've been there. I've been in that place where I I don't, I don't want to see these people that do these evil things and corrupt things to children and all that. I, I don't want to see grace and mercy. I, I don't even know what would happen. You know, think of the worst person that you could imagine. And then you go to heaven and they're there. What do you do? It's, it's not up to you, but I mean, in in our eyes, where where we're at right now, it it would just be crazy. It's so hard to forgive, and I was I was telling Rodney that I know a long time ago. I I kind of gave my testimony about who my I, uh, I don't call him my father, but the the man that my mom was originally with. But I grew up with such a tremendous amount of anger and hatred toward him because. He took away my sister. My sister was killed. Involuntary manslaughter was uh, what they convicted him of. The gunshot was fired like two inches from her skull. And I just grew up fantasizing. It's kind of like what Roderick said. You get to this point in your life where your favorite thing to do is sit around and fantasize about killing somebody. And that, that's, that's a hard thing when you grow up with that and eventually you're faced with that and the Lord has to heal you of that. There's a lot of anger and wrath that comes in, and I joke around with, with Jen that, you know, I'm fueled, fueled by wrath, fueled by rage. But it's, it's a bad characteristic. It's a character flaw for sure, but it's something that the Lord had to deal with me over and over and over and over again to where I, I not only had to forgive, but I had to just let that go, let that anger go so that I could grow in my faith in the Lord. And I I have to make sure that I'm always steadfast in staying in that way because anytime I get off track, anytime I lose my praise, uh, I've had trauma not in the church but outside of the church. Anytime I go back to my old self, the fleshly ways, I'm always going to be diverted right back into that lane of negativity where I'm just going to withdraw and be rogue and just allow negative things to come in. And what you put in is what's going to come out. And we we need to be responsive to the Lord's spirit in us and not not be ruled by emotion. And I'm not saying that we're just going to be walking around and being punching bags, punching bags for the world. But there's there's a reason why I don't go to uh, any any marches that are for abortion or the alphabet mafia. You know, we're not going to the city of Tulsa and showing up and trying to go there and and preach the gospel, because I guarantee you that we're probably not going to it's not going to end well, because there's probably going to be some sort of physical alter altercation. And you guys remember that one church service we went to, and that, and that pastor walked out, and he said, you don't need a building, you need a filling of the Holy Ghost. If pastor got up and said, okay, let's do this. I mean, it, it, it would have, okay, we all would have got up and did that, it's fine, I can go. Rodney was ready, he's like already taken off his jacket, but there's certain situations we don't put ourselves in, because there's not going to be good results. We we have to show tact. We have to show, you know, the intelligence that the Lord gave us that we're not throwing pearls before swine. We're not just putting ourselves in bad situations. But but we're not going to be, you know, we're not just going to be standoffish. We're defenders of the gospel. We're defenders of the truth. And and we're going to, our conversations need to be seasoned with salt. That way it sprinkles into the mind of those who who hear that word and Maybe they leave anger, angry, maybe they leave, you know, with nothing, but I pray that there's something there because, you know, we spoke the truth and we were honest with them. And uh, we were talking about this at lunch a couple of weeks ago when we went down to that deli, I was talking with Austin and Heather, and the, the world is, it's, the world's always quick to tell us how we're supposed to be Christians. They're, they're quick to tell us how we're supposed to believe in the Scripture a certain way and, and quote the Scripture to us. And w- we all know that one of the biggest things is we just need to love everybody. We just need to accept everybody. God is love and all that. But we're, we're not called to, to love the world at all. It says in First John chapter 2, 15-17, through 17, and you guys all know this, it's starting in verse 15 in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world pass away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abide forever. And that's so true because we're not supposed to love the world. We're supposed to have the same mercy and grace that the Lord has for us that we just don't go out and grab the spear and start spearing everybody that's doing wicked things. Because if the Lord called down from heaven and say, okay, I, I need warriors again, and you guys all need to go over and, and, and smite the injustice of the land. Go out and take all the homosexuals and all this LGBTQ and transgender and all this distortion of the truth that's going on. The, the Lord's not calling us to those things. The Lord's saying you need to have mercy and compassion and I want to be used as a vessel of the Lord to where I see that humanity in somebody. I see if there's life, then there's hope you know they're they're mixed up they're they're so full of anger and, and hatred and bitterness and confusion they need somebody that will be there with the truth and and I'm not trying to go knock on doors or i mean we we did the park church ministry and uh we've we've seen some rough people and uh, but I, I just want to see the humanity because God breathed life in all of us. And I, I want to make sure that, that I'm not just pushing through people to just get, get to a certain destination. I, I want to make, make sure that my eyes are open. I'm seeing everything that I'm aware. And I, I just want to be a usable vessel for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so we're called to do justice, love and mercy and walk humbly, not to love the world. And I did make sure I show that always. So now let's look at a few examples of uh, what Jesus said about this issue. Uh, this is kind of an amusing, amusing to me whenever I read this. It's in Luke nine, and I I, I just think of uh, we we would all be like this in this situation. Luke nine, verse fifty one through fifty six. So starting at verse 51. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did but he turned and rebuked them and said you know not what manner of spirit ye are for the son of man is not come to destroy men's lives but to save them and they went to another village this is exactly what Jonah was same same mindset right you know they they offended the lord they didn't accept him and and they're like oh should we just call fire down from heaven and and just kill them all it's it's crazy to think that but i mean any one of us would have probably been in the same situation. You know, we're walking with the Lord. We're seeing what he can do. And we've been given a certain set of, uh, I guess, power and authority over things. And and you just, you, you're you starting to see through, you're not seeing humanity. You're not seeing the, the vision that the Lord has. And you're like, oh, we'll just take them all out. They're not receiving the message. And uh, another example is uh, uh, Jesus, when he gets arrested, Peter chops the ear off of the one soldier. And he says, hey, what are you doing, Peter? Those who live by the sword die by the sword. You know, he's not looking for us to just go out and pick up our swords or whatever you have, your guns, and, and just start taking people out. He's wanting us to have grace and mercy, not acceptance, but that love that he's put inside of us to be steadfast, to speak the truth, to be honorable to and obedient to his calling. And I, I just, I always try to put myself, what would I have done in certain situations? Where, what would I have been doing if I was Peter and I said I wouldn't deny him? I would have denied him. Well, what would I have done if I was in the crowd shouting, the, all those who were shouting, crucify him, crucify him? Would I have been different and saying, no, no, that's, that's my Lord? No, I would have been saying, crucify him, crucify him. We would have all been in the same place because he was taking everything and turning it upside down. And we we see the Lord for who he is and having that grace and mercy that only the Lord can have. And like Pastor said this morning, we're not trying to be like Christ God. We're trying to be like Christ the man. And I want more and more of Christ in me. I want to decrease so that he can increase more in me. And so in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10, Galatians 6, 7-10, through 10, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows in his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows in the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Even more so us as a family of God. With how close we are, especially coming from California to here and, and the kind of intimate relationship we have, it's, it's different. And that's something that other people see when they come in here. They, they know Christians, we will be known by our love, right? And that's the difference that people see in here. They, they come in, they see You know there's not backbiting there's not deceit there's not division there's not a bunch of infidelity there's there's truth there's joy and there's the revelation of christ that's spoken up here and that's something that that people will see and it resonates with them because there's so much pretend churches all over and there's so many people not speaking the truth of the gospel and We just need to make sure that we are reaping in the spirit, sowing in the spirit that we can reap the good things. Because if you're, if you're sowing in the flesh, if I'm constantly, you know, I have to fast media, I have to fast news and I don't even hardly watch it anymore because it just, it makes me mad. Uh, One of the ladies that I worked with, she was, she was saying how, uh, you know, she was trying to talk about politics and I was like, well, I'm, I'm trying not to pay too much attention anymore because it's so divisive. No matter which side you're on, what you believe, there's, there's just nothing that comes of it other than, other than yelling and screaming and, and nonsense. And it, it, it's because it's sowing into the flesh. That's not spiritual. The Lord's like, give unto, give unto Caesar what Caesar's. Whatever. It doesn't mean anything to the Lord. This is what is meaning to the Lord. His kingdom, furthering him and that he would be glorified in all things. So we need to make sure that we do good, not only just to us, but that we have compassion and mercy outside of the church. That way we don't get numb to what the Lord came here for in the first place, that none would perish, but that they would have everlasting life, forgiveness, grace, mercy, and truth. And that's what we need to live every day. Amen. That's what I got.